All right, good morning, guys, and welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus podcast. My name is Shane Winnings, and I'm excited to be with you this morning for episode 54. I'm going to be talking about God's sovereignty versus man's free will. Now, I did a one-minute video on this yesterday, and you know, this is like a major theological discussion that has taken place for who knows how long. Um, And so, you know, to try to force it into a 59 second video. I did the best I could, but I think it deserves a little more time. And so I want to talk about God's sovereignty and I want to talk about the free will of men that we've been given and do those conflict ever? Like, does God always get what he wants? And I believe the answer is no. And so I know that sounds crazy to say, so we're going to dive into that. And of course, as always, I want to thank you for listening. This podcast is literally for you. It's not for me. I don't sit back and listen to it. Um, It's for you, the listener. And so I'm thankful for you taking the time to listen to this. And, you know, we're approaching 90,000 streams. It's wild to me. It's just wild to me. And I say that every episode, but it's true, you know, that that many people would listen to uh, something that I'm putting out there. And so it just, it's humbling to me. It means a lot. And I want to thank you and I want to invite you to join us as a partner. 2023, we have some big things coming. We're looking at uh, planning another nationwide tour. I want to get some really great friends involved with that. Some people that you may know and love and some people that you might not know, but will love. And we've just got other revival events happening. Still going to be traveling and preaching alongside that. Still going to be doing live church on Monday nights. Still going to be doing this podcast, making video content. I'm writing a a discipleship school, a kingdom school uh, curriculum. So there's just a lot coming. And uh, and if you want to help me and support me to continue to be able to do this, uh, consider being one of our monthly partners. There's a link in the description of this podcast. There's several of them, actually. Um, or you can go to shanewinnings.com, click on the Give button, and become one of our monthly partners. We're so grateful for each and every one of you that pray for us, that support us with your giving, and that support us uh, just by listening and and watching the content and sharing it. So thank you. Okay, let's get into this. I want to talk about God's sovereignty. And and in the video I did, the biggest thing that I, the conclusion that I came to with God's sovereignty is that most people that I've talked to who take the position of if if God doesn't always gets what he, get what he wants, then he's not sovereign. What their belief of the word sovereignty is, is all-controlling. And that is actually not what the word means. The, the, the first step for me in breaking down this argument of God's sovereignty versus free will was just looking at the definition of sovereignty. And it means a supreme ruler, and another definition for it, is someone with supreme or ultimate power. Now, there's no argument that God has supreme and ultimate power. Like, he literally created everything. Everything was made by him, for him, through him. He is in all things. I mean, this is in Colossians 1. You know, my Bible is even open to it right now, just on my desk. And it says in in 1.16... For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, thrones, dominions, principalities, powers. All things were created through him and for him. 
verse 17, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Verse 18, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence, and preeminence means superiority. So in all things, he has absolute superiority. He is the supreme, the ultimate ruler. But having all power is different than being all controlling. Now, follow me here. And this is the main argument. If, you, if you're confused as to what I'm talking about in this podcast, maybe let me give you an example. People say that God is sovereign. He's over everything. And so everything that happens is God's will. That's the main argument. And I disagree with that. I do not believe that everything that happens is God's will. Because look at suicide. Look at people who kill themselves. Look at, look at those who reject God and spend eternity separated from him. That conflicts with God's will because the Bible says it's God's will, it's God's desire that none shall perish, that no one will reject him and go to hell. And the Bible even says he is long-suffering in the return of his son. He's patient. He, he is waiting because he does not want anyone to perish. Now, how could it possibly be that God's will is that none shall perish, but if people die and go to hell, that's part of his will? It doesn't make any sense. So, when you bring this argument up and you say, look, here's the verse, God doesn't want anyone to perish, like, things happen outside of God's will, then people go, well, then God's not sovereign if he doesn't get what he wants. That is not true at all. That's actually just a poor argument and a poor understanding of the word sovereignty. Again, I explained, sovereignty means all-powerful, supreme in power. We can agree that no one is above God. There's not even an equal to God. There's no rival to him. It's, it's not like God versus the devil. It's actually an unnamed angel that will throw the devil into the lake of fire. So it's not, it's not, Jesus defeated Satan. It was never Satan versus God. Like, that's not even a matchup. It's as if Satan could put up a fight. No. Satan is a created being. God is the creator. There is no one like him. There's no one above him. He is the ultimate. But he is not all controlling. He gave us free will. And here's the thing about free will. Free will is... It's only truly free if you have the ability to reject. It's not free will if we're created and we have to worship God. It's not. It's like it's like making someone love you. Like it's not actual love because they have to do it. They can't leave. That's the thing that's so special about love and about a a committed relationship and even a covenant in marriage is that there is just an insane amount of trust there and a peace. Like, I absolutely trust and love my wife. And what's so amazing and what's so crazy about love is that my wife is not stuck here. <laughs> like, she could literally just leave, and, and spouses do it all the time. She, she could just leave. Like, she has the ability to do that. But I know, and she knows, that there is no desire for her to do that because she's truly in love. She wants to be with me. She wants to to have this family together that we have. She loves being married to me. She likes spending time with me. 
but but it's it's cool when you really think about it because no one has to be there. Like she could do whatever she wants. And what she wants and what she chooses is me. And that's what I want as well. I choose her. That is what makes love so special because we both have the ability to completely walk away. Okay? This is the same with free will. If we cannot reject the very one who created us, then it is not true free will. And so that this is the main argument. Okay? I believe that we can exercise our free will in such a way that God will not get what he wants. I brought up the point of suicide. Do you think that God wants anyone to kill themselves? Like, I want you to imagine that. I, I've had friends, I've had soldiers that were under my command, classmates kill themselves. I've had family members that were in suicidal situations and, and they were delivered, praise God. I myself was in a, a very dark place where I didn't want to be alive anymore and, and before I met the Lord in 2015. Like, do you think it's God's will when me or any of those people who made that decision are sitting there in their deep depression and their darkness, some of them didn't even know the Lord, so they did, it's not like they died and went to be with Him. Do you think that it's God's will for them to sit there and blow their brains out or whatever they did you think that's God's will? Absolutely not. There's no way. It goes against the very nature and the character and the person of God. It makes no sense. Okay, but does that happening, does that undermine God's sovereignty? Absolutely not. Think about this. If I live in a dictatorship and I disobey the leader, does that make him any less powerful? No. My actions have nothing to do with his power. Are you catching this? Like, why is it that when it comes to God, if things happen that are outside of his will or his desire, that the, argu the extreme argument is presented, well, God can't be sovereign because he always gets what he wants. No, he does not. The Bible says that God loved the whole world and he sent his son. And anyone who believes in him will never die but have eternal life. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him would be saved. The Bible says it's God's desire that none shall perish. But how many of you know that there are people that do perish? There are people that don't get born again. There are people that reject God their whole life, and they die, and they're eternally separated from him. That goes against the very will of God, and it goes against his heart to say that he wanted that to happen or he planned for that to happen or he predestined it to happen, he chose it to happen. No, we have been given free will and we can exercise that free will to the point of rejecting the very creator who brought us into this existence. That is absolute free will. And that is what's amazing about God. God is so powerful that he has the ability to give free will to that degree. He's not insecure. He's not like, hey, I'm going to create these beings, but they better worship me. No, he says, I'm going to create these beings, and I hope that they love me because I first love them. I'm going to show them true love. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to pay the highest price to get them 
to be able to come into my presence and to have a relationship with me. I'm going to send my son. The Bible says that it pleased the father to bruise his son. I am going to bruise my son. I'm going to send my son to die, to make a way for these people, even though they're, they're horrible and wicked in their minds, they're, they're enemies, they're hostile towards me. They're, they're God-haters, but even in this place, I'm still going to send my son because I know what I created them to be. I know who they can be with the spirit of myself and with my son living in them, guiding them, leading them, forgiving them and cleansing them and giving them a new mind and a new heart, making them new creations. I know who I created them to be. And yes, Satan came in and deceived. And yes, sin has come and separated me from my children. But I'm telling you this, I will send my son to give everyone the right to become my child again to anyone who believes in the name of Jesus Christ. This is the will of God. And it breaks his heart when people reject him. Because all he wants is love. All he wants is relationship. God is not mad at you today. He is madly, madly in love with you. You see, God being all-powerful does not mean that he's all-controlling. This is why the Calvinistic view of predestination and God selecting people to not go to heaven or to not be saved or to not be born again, to not be the elect, is completely contradictory to his heart, to his nature, and to his word. Like his word refutes Calvinism. His word refutes predestination. And you can look at the text that that people in that line of thinking use, and it doesn't work. They're using it out of context. They're not uh, reading it appropriately. For example, the verse about um, it was predestined for us to be adopted by him. To those of us who are Christians, we have been brought into this adoption by God. We've been brought into his family. Okay, the the act of us specifically being adopted by him, like me, Shane, that was not predestined. I had a choice. The Bible says that God draws people by his spirit. There was a day that God drew me by his spirit, and I had a choice to make, and I chose to follow him. Now, what was predestined is that when I chose to follow him, I was grafted in. I was brought into the adoption. I was brought into his family. God paved the way and he set the stage for me to be adopted into his family, but I had to make the choice to follow him. God creating a way for us to be with him and predestining a path is different than him saying, Well, for Shane, he's going to follow me. But for this guy, I'm choosing for him to not follow me. He's not going to have eternal life. He's going to burn in hell forever. This is the Calvinistic belief. And they can spin it however they want and say, well, God doesn't choose people to go to hell. He just chooses people to be with him and everybody else he doesn't. Well, if you, if, if, think about this. If I have two family members and I have the ability to save both of them, but whoever I pick is going to live, the other one's going to die. If I only pick one, I am sentencing the other one to death. You can spin it however you want. You can say, God's not choosing them to die, he's just choosing the other person to live. You're, you're damning the other person for eternity. 
this is not the heart of God. This is horrible. And I have comments on my post of people saying, I'm so worried that I'm not the chosen. I'm not, I haven't been chosen by God. Listen, this belief system is demonic. And I need to tell you that the Bible says that God gave the right to anyone to become a child of God if you believe in him. And so I need you to listen to me carefully. The Bible says that Jesus came once for all, okay? He came for all. He paid for the sins of the world, for God so loved the world, okay? Are you hearing this? What is the world? Who is all? It doesn't mean all at the time. Go look at the original text, what that word means. God desires that none shall perish, that anyone who believes in him will never die but have everlasting life, that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. For by grace we have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. We have the ability to be saved by God through faith in Jesus Christ. That is available for you. If you are listening to my voice, do not believe the lies that there are people who were chosen and people who were not. You were created by God in your mother's womb, knitted together. He knows everything about you, and he's given you free will to choose or reject him. It has not been predestined for you to choose or reject God. You have a choice to make. And so right now, if that is you, I want you to make the choice. Make the choice to follow Jesus. Tell him right now, I give you my whole life. I want to follow you. I believe that you paid for my sin. I believe that you gave me the right to become your child. And today I want to be your child. Be my father, God. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my savior. I submit myself to you entirely. I give you my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, I hope this brings some clarity to this issue. It's so important to me because the, the Calvinistic belief is demonic and it leads many people to hell because they believe that they weren't chosen by God and they completely walk away from him because they feel like, well, it's not in the cards for me. God already chose me to go to hell. Ugh, I hate it. I hate it so much. Listen, if this encouraged you, will you share it? Share it on your social media. Tag me. Uh, copy that link, message it to a few people, encourage someone to know that they are loved and wanted by God. They were not chosen to die, chosen to go to hell, chosen to not follow him. All of us were given the same opportunity and we need to make the most of that. Listen, if you're interested in going to a Christian university, you can do it online. You can do it at your own pace. You need to check out faithiu.edu. That's Faith International University. They've got bachelor's programs, master's, doctoral programs. It's an incredible college. You get assigned all your work, and it's due at the end of the week. So if you have a flexible, busy schedule like me, you can go to class and get your work done whenever you have free time. So it's amazing. Listen, go to faithiu.edu. Just click Request Information, and my good friend, who's the dean of students and vice president, will... Uh, talk to you and you can tell them, hey, I got here because of Shane Winnings or Shane's podcast and that'll be great. So I hope that this blessed you today and we will see you guys tomorrow.